Hey Kings podcast sponsored by Vermeer, your expert in hay and forage equipment. Today I'm joined by Jordan Schuler. He's the forage territory manager with Vermeer in Griswold, Iowa. Today we're going to be talking about feed mixers. Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate it, John Paul. Thanks for having me. We've had you on the show before, and it's it's been a little while. It's been a few years, yeah. Let's see here. If I remember right, now your name's Schuler here. There was a Schuler Manufacturing that sold to Vermeer, is that correct? You got it, yep. Okay, and when was that? That was December of 2019. Gotcha. Oh boy, that was very early on in the Hay Kings podcast. It's been a while for both of us, and it was early on, so all good things. So, we're four years in then. What are some of those changes that you've seen as uh, Schuler's become a part of Vermeer's feeding solutions? The biggest change, uh, just for me, having come from the from the Schuler business uh, has been the ability to sell and distribute through our dealer network at a rate that is basically equal to uh, whatever it is that we can produce. It's a challenge, but it's a great challenge to have. That the product's been embraced very well by the Vermeer Forage dealer network to the point that up to today, we have more or less had to meter, for lack of a better term, how many dealers are representing the feeding solutions lineup just um, until we can produce at a volume that, that would allow all of them to you know sell as their hearts desire. So um, that is definitely the biggest change um, is just the challenge of trying to keep up with a dealer network that, that seems to have quite the quite the market for the product that it is. What a fantastic problem to have. Now, in those kind of transitions, there's there's going to be things that have stayed the same. You just talked about the biggest difference. What What's changed, uh, what's stayed the same rather than changed? Sure, sure. I guess I would say the product itself. Uh, you know, there's been some smaller changes that have maybe been more safety related, honestly, than anything. But the, the product itself, the performance, quality, I would say... Uh, not not in a negative tone, but uh, obviously I may be biased, but I, I believe the product was was pretty sound at the t- at the time of acquisition. Schuler, just like Vermeer, was making quality, I'll say high end equipment. We certainly weren't going to win maybe a price battle uh, very many times, and Vermeer isn't necessarily looking to make the cheapest product on the planet either. So the product itself seems to slip right in to Vermeer's value stream of other forage products. Um, and it has more or less stayed the same up until today. There are some some new uh, a new mixer design that we will be uh, releasing here in the spring and summer of next year. Um, so that'll be kind of the first new product that's come out of the feeding solutions since the acquisition. Um, but the rest of the product, for the most part, has has pretty much stayed the same. Now, I mean, you were talking about producing a quality product, and sometimes that just means more metal, and metal's expensive. We heard that certainly through a lot of the supply chain disruptions, that everything got, uh, all, especially metal, got expensive, and those those big heavy pieces of equipment 
that you want to be big and heavy just just got more expensive. So that does happen, and and oh boy, inflation. But that's a different discussion for a different day. Uh, Probably. Can, Probably. Can you... Uh, uh, what does Vermeer offer in their feeding solutions lineup? So we're talking about vertical mixers, feed wagons. What's out there? So vertical mixers are are the primary product in the feeding solutions lineup. Uh, you know, you mentioned the feed wagon lineup as well, and um, that's a a reputable uh, piece of equipment that's been around for gosh darn near sixty years now, uh, going back to the beginnings of Schuler uh, with with the, the, the bunk feeder, more or less, uh, the BF that, that in our product line currently was more or less the product that Schuler was started on. Um, so yeah, we still offer those feed wagon options that have been around for a long time, but the, the vertical mixer, I guess, embracing of a TMR and a TMR mixer by, I, I, I'll say a majority of cattle feeders, even down to the cow calf producer that, you know, in, in times past through bales and bale rings and, and just let those, those cows and kind of eat as they please, but also waste as they please, whether that be trampled into the ground or overeating. Oh yeah. And there's lots of good university research out there about, yeah, you bet 30 to 40%. Yeah. 30 to 40% of that bale could, is going to be wasted with the cost of forage. Um, lack of inventory on forage the last few years really darn near nationwide uh, you could say or at least in spurts nationwide has certainly lent itself to anybody that's feeding cattle considering how do they make those hay supplies last longer item number one is some sort of mechanism to feed that hay so that it is metered and rationed um, correctly so vertical mixer has been really embraced by, uh, like I said, cow calf got uh, cow calf producer, you know, feedlots and backgrounders, dairies. That that product's been there for a while, but really, really anybody that's feeding cattle anymore is probably at least considering some sort of feeding mechanism. You have different sizes of vertical mixers. And as you're looking at a single screw, a twin screw, or a triple screw, that's going to tell you uh, the size of the vertical mixer, right? Or, or some proximity yeah, to size? Yeah, yeah, there's some general assumptions that can be made for sure. What's the lineup look like? So, yeah, there's uh, four single-screw models currently today in our lineup. Oh, okay. Um, we will add two more this next spring and summer, as I already mentioned, with a, a, a couple new models. There are seven twin screw models uh in the vermeer lineup and then we do have one triple screw model as well so that ranges on the single screw scott single screw side uh from 350 cubic feet to the largest that triple screw being almost 1700 cubic feet uh, and then you can fill in the gaps in between could you help me with some relative size there uh, how many head could you easily feed in a day with a single screw 350 cubic foot vertical mixer the 350 cubic foot model um is is going to be a, a smaller producer you know maybe as small as honestly you know we're probably seeing users of, of a model like that even down to say 40 head i don't know that a lot of guys that are feeding that few necessarily have a, have a mixer but there certainly are those guys out there that, that we've sold to uh, if a guy's willing to feed, you know, or wants to feed, uh, there are those instances where guys want to see their cattle, you know, a couple times a day. If they want to feed two, three loads a day, 
you know, the guy that's maybe feeding up to 120, 130, 140 head uh, can probably get by uh, with that size of mixer. Gotcha. Let's take a break there and we'll get a word from our sponsor. My name is Rob Flowers, I live in Whitesboro, Texas. The 604R premium efficiency level is through the roof. Dependability and durability on the 604R has been outstanding. We've had zero chain issues, zero bearing issues. The camless pickup has been phenomenal. And at the end of the day, that gives me more time to go home and be with my family. Prepare for the next day, get more done. Hear the full story at makinghay.com slash haykings. That triple screw 1,700 sure. cubic feet, I mean, that's that's quite a bit of feed and, and probably still doing several trips a day. What what kind of range is that going to be in? Yeah, the circumstances that a machine like that is used in is likely um, going to be, you know, a handful, if not more, of loads a day in a large feedlot, a large dairy. There are some scarce circumstances regionally in the northern U.S., up into Canada, where there are some cow-calf users that are feeding such a high number of cows in a day that there are some circumstances where that size of a mixer does get thrown in there. But that's that's very regional, very few. It's usually a real large feedlot or real large dairy. What I just heard you say is, I mean, we're talking thousands, not hundreds of head that you can feed Correct. with a couple of trips in a day. Gotcha. Okay, I'm just trying to get some relative scale there. Obviously, if you want to run 24 hours a day, you can feed a lot of animals with a 350 sure. cubic foot mixer, right? You bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just trying to understand the, the size and scale a little bit. Vertical mixers, are those used... Now, they have a side discharge that can feed into a bunk too, or is that different? No, all the vertical mixers that we're producing and really that are produced... Um, anywhere in North America or in the world are going to have some ability. Uh, there's going to be different options, you know, discharge wise, but they're going to have an ability to feed into a bunk. Absolutely. That, that is, that is needed. It's non-negotiable. So you have a BF and an HF. The, the BF is the bunk feeder and the hay, and then the HF is a hay feeder. Correct. What's that hay feeder look like? So the hay feeder, um, the, the best description of that. Uh, that I think a lot of people can probably envision would be just kind of, it, it, it looks similar to like an old forage box with, with a couple of beaters in the front that are feeding forage forward um, into a discharge conveyor. So that hay feeder has the ability to feed tub ground forages along with, uh, you know, other, other feedstuffs, silages, grains, distillers, the, the kicker with the, with the feed wagons, whether it's the BF or the HF, is that is pre-ground, ideally tub-ground forage that's being fed through that machine. Whereas obviously with the vertical mixer, if we want to, we can go from a whole bale, we can take a whole bale and put that into the vertical mixer and process, process that in the machine. That that's the the glaring difference between a feed wagon and a mixer. Aside from the quality of mix, is that we have to be putting pre ground forages of a length that we are okay with being fed yep. into the feed wagon. Gotcha. Okay, that that makes perfect sense. So I grew up on the dairy with a, a feed wagon, and I know exactly what you're talking about uh, with those front beaters and a side discharge. And yep. we we would chop dry hay 
into the bottom of the feed wagon, put the silage yep. on now this small dairy, uh, dry hay on bottom, silage over top of that so the silage, silage wouldn't freeze to the deck, and then molasses and grain and whatever. And you do get pretty good mixing, but not not like a, a vertical mixer, like it, it has it in the name, right? I, I can right, see right. I got the difference now. That makes good sense. It is beneficial, though, especially to a cow-calf operator that may be trying to get away with not spending that money on a vertical mixer. Kind of like you alluded to, John Paul, if you layer those feedstuffs into that feed wagon in an even manner, um, it will do a pretty fair job of, of blending. I try not to use the word mix just because I don't want to insinuate anything, but it will blend those feedstuffs together in a pretty uh, in a pretty reasonable manner that will keep those cattle from sorting for the most part. Yeah, and that's the issue is the sorting. When sure. when they can't differentiate between particles, whether it's a, a for a rough forage versus a silage versus something yep. that has a little molasses on it, right? That that's what you're trying to address in that in that mixing and combining, and, uh, and that's the whole idea here. All right, now there's some technology integrated into this. Something about Bluetooth scales. Mm. Take me through that. Yeah, I mean, just starting with the scale in general. Uh, Obviously, with if if a user is going to be spending the money on a vertical mixer, scales have just become standard part of the, a part of the equipment on a vertical mixer. So there's going to be you know a readout and indicator on the machine. It's not uncommon, at least in the past, to see another display in the tractor cab um, just for you know ease of viewing as as a user is is feeding from the mixer. But what's available now today, obviously technology is, is always evolving, but um, the simplicity of Bluetooth and the ability to you know, connect all of these things to our phones, to a tablet. So no different uh, than so many other things we do today. The scale indicators that are on our mixers are Bluetooth capable. So you can download a free app that then gives you the ability to have full control of that scale system from your phone, from a tablet, whatever you would desire. So two things about that are convenient. Uh, One is in the past, you would either have to really choose whether you wanted to have function of the scale in the tractor cab or at the mixer, because one of those two displays was going to just be a display. And there wasn't going to be any functionality from that unit. It was just going to be a readout. So we we eliminate that. We have function both at either the phone or the tablet, and we have function at the mixer with the indicator. And then second, the cost of that second, even just the readout that doesn't have function, you know, that's that's thousands of dollars to the user if they're purchasing that. We've eliminated a chunk of cost from the purchase of that machine if a user is wanting that second point of readout because that app, again, is free. So once you've purchased the mixer, if a person desires to have that second point of functionality and scale readout, they can just do that from the phone or the tablet if they so choose to. I like that simplicity. That's that's a good deal. And of course, mm-hmm. the benefits that you get out of this are consistency and rations as you're loading the things in, you want that ration to be as consistent as possible, understanding that the weather and temperature and 
the feedstuffs vary. Uh, I, I love that scale to get as close as possible. Yeah, yeah, you bet. I, I don't think, uh, you know, whether it's a mixer or a feed wagon, guys that have gone from, oh, you know, I, I know how much I'm feeding, or I know how much, you know, this bucket on my tractor, this load, you know, the loader on my tractor, I know how much hay is in there. And it's astonishing how often user, you know, cattle feeders, if they say that bucket right there holds 450 to 500 pounds of hay, which, you know, relatively speaking, they are usually always low. It's usually 550 or 600 or 700. And most cattle feeders that have fed without a scale in the past find that they were probably grossly overfeeding, which equates to overspending in feeding their cattle. So scales anymore are just darn near a standard piece of of feeding cattle as they should be. And in that first example you gave where you were talking 450 to 500 pounds, well, that's a 50 pound difference up. And if you're supposed to be putting 450 pounds in and you're putting uh, 500 pounds in, well, that's 11, that's 10% more. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's that's a big deal. <laughs> it's just always been interesting to me that most guys were most guys have usually been low in my in my experiences. You know whether we were doing a demo of a feed wagon or a mixer, or you know just getting their feedback after purchase uh, of a feed wagon or a mixer with scale on it. It just for whatever reason it seems like most guys were usually shooting low. So they were overfeeding, overspending in, in their standard feeding practices. Hmm. Well, and, and again, I come from that dairy background and we didn't have scales back in the day, but that consistency in all livestock, not just dairy, that consistency in feed is the critical component. Sure. It's got to be the same day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, the animal's not used to it and you're getting shocks to the system and it's, it's a bad deal. Sure. Right? That's where sure. you... That's where some of this stuff starts to make. Uh, those are some of the uh, things to consider as you're making economic decisions around buying a feed mixer or not buying a feed mixer, or a feed wagon versus a vertical mixer. All of those things matter, mm-hmm. and certainly that, the integration of that scale technology is a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean it's it's simple. Um, I, it sometimes it doesn't seem like such a big deal, but darn it, if it if it isn't one of the first. You know, two or three things that a lot of guys say that, that they've that they've enjoyed after, you know, maybe a period of time after a purchase of, of one of the Vermeer products. You know, more times than not, it seems like that Bluetooth is mentioned. So it seems like, uh, you know, the cattle producer as a whole is embracing that technology and, and enjoying the experience they're getting from it. What are some of the standout features of Vermeer's lineup that set them apart? Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, just throughout the product, it's going to be, it's going to be quality product. It's, you know, maybe, maybe overbuilt in some circumstances, uh, whether that be anybody that's ever been in the real world knows that, uh, I'd rather have it heavier than lighter. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the side we're airing on, no doubt, you know, whether it's, we're using, um, abrasion resistant AR 200 steel in our, in our tub walls in our screw flighting in the mixers you know having that in the screw is i'll call it pretty common industry-wide having it in the tub walls not so common so we're using that both in the tub walls and the the screw flighting Um, and then some of the finer details you know if you look at tires wheels hubs spindles conveyor chain 
uh, axle thicknesses, axle tubes. Uh, if you start looking at some of the nitty gritty stuff, you will see that uh, more times than not, we're going to be heavier, if not a lot heavier than our competition. I also alluded to earlier that, you know, we've got a good product. It's doing well in our dealer network. I think our dealer network is maybe the standout feature that we can boast about uh, when it comes to our Bermuda product, because we could have great products. And frankly, the example of Schuler pre-acquisition by Vermeer and where we're at with Vermeer mixers now, and it darn near being the same product is probably the example of distribution being key number one and selling a good product. Schuler had a good product, but we lacked distribution. We bring that product in after acquisition by Vermeer. And man, it's, it's been incredible to watch our dealer network embrace that. So yes, we're making quality product. Maybe it's overbuilt. There are some performance pieces that, that we certainly boast about, especially in our, in our twin screw, triple screw mixers. But boy, asset number one sure seems to be the tried and true, trusted, you know, cemented Vermeer forage dealers that are the ones selling our product. Good deal. I sure appreciate your time here yep. and talking through the lineup and some of the differences are astounding. I want to lift up those that are making pieces of equipment designed for the real world. And you're you're talking about overbuilt and I'm saying the biggest critique that I hear about hay and forage equipment ever is ah there's not enough metal in that. Mm. So to hear you say that everything's beefed up just a little bit and you're using a little tougher, a uh, little harder metals here or there. That's music to my ears. Sure. That's, that's, sure. that's good and healthy for the whole industry. Kudos to you guys. I appreciate that, John Paul. So we'll, con- we'll continue to, uh, to shoot for that and making the quality product that I think we probably, probably tied ourselves to now. So um, that's the reputation we built. So we better stay to it. Good deal. With that, I want to say thank you, Jordan. Thank you, John Paul. Appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. I want to say thank you to Nick Palmieri at Palmieri Sound for doing all of my audio editing. He's one of the experts. Thank you to Jessica Palmieri for coordinating all of our social media endeavors. And again, thank you to Vermeer for making this podcast possible. (laughs) 